MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, May 6, 2021. Today, four additional insurrectionists are set to cooperate with federal prosecutors. The Biden White House is poised to confront red states on their anti-trans bills. The Army Reserve stops the promotion of the South Dakota Attorney General Roundsborg promotion and because of his hit-and-run case. A Facebook board refuses to reinstate the former guy's Facebook account. And McCarthy may be in more hot water than he's bargaining for by trying to oust Liz Cheney. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello. Hello, Dana. Hey, A.G. How are you, my friend? Uh, I am well. It's a very busy day, but it's a good day. A lot of news today. Lots of news today. Every day. I feel like it's been nonstop. Yeah, and I'm kind of feeling like dusting off Mueller, she wrote. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens. You, you, don't tease the listeners. <laughs> don't tease your audience. They've been asking, right? Because of all this stuff that's going down with Bill Barr, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of needs a refresher on what the frick happened uh, in May of 2019. Uh, and we are, I guess, this is the two year anniversary of all that shit. So um, it's it's interesting, interesting times. And uh, stay tuned. I'm going to be talking a lot more about it. Uh, but today, I'm going to be talking about the, uh, you remember how our friend Josh Gelter uh, was appointed by Biden to form this commission to look into uh, domestic violent extremism yeah. Yeah. and come up with some recommendations for policy and guidance? Uh, well, that report is due out in a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk to Frank Fagluzzi about it because Frank and I had had previous discussions about the warnings of being able to label groups domestic terror groups because it could be abused, right? Um, so he has some ideas about that and some thoughts as well. And I, I think that, guys, this is going to be the final week of our stereo shows. Um, so, you know, you and me will be doing our stereo show tonight, um, Thursday, at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. And I think, Dana, I think it's going to be our last one um, because, you know, we're getting into the busy season now and things mm-hmm. are starting to open up and you're getting into more shows and I'm starting to run this network and we just need those two hours back. But what I'm going to do is, you know, do time um, uh, on Patreon stuff, right? Like our happy hour Zoom on Friday. I might add a midweek Zoom or something like that um, for our 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 patrons and if you're not a patron it's it's like 36 dollars for a whole year you get ad free episodes you get access to those zoom calls so i'd like to move everybody over to the zoom calls because i think it's just going to be uh more conducive give us more time to to do the things that we're doing over here and it's just i think it's just the time constraint because otherwise i love those absolutely they're highlight of the week but you're right and uh as the year gets up keeps going and things start to open up more um, I'm going to be on the road more. You're going to be have your hands full with the network. So you, everyone, you'll be able to find us though on the Patreon segments, and um, we'll we'll still be in your ears. So thank you for all of the joy. Just make sure you join us this Thursday. It's the last one. Let's have a big blowout. Yeah, that's tonight at five Pacific, eight Eastern. It is Thursday, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is Thursday. And uh, you can do that by going to Stereo.com/slash Allison Gill and follow at Allison Gill and follow at DG Comedy. And you know, we might when we have if we're bored, like someday unannounced, just pop in. You'll be able to get when you follow us. You'll be able to get those notifications if we pop in and have a discussion. 
Um, so it's it's the platform's still there for us. Uh, I just, you know, it was starting to get inconsistent. I don't like to be inconsistent. So we're going to move it to Patreon. Everything's going to be cool. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's coming to those shows and everyone who's been to those. They're so much fun. And we will see you tonight. Uh, we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's do that now. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Lead story today is about new potential plea deals in the insurrection investigation. And I'd like everyone to take a listen to this clip from our April 26th episode called Stealthy Joe. This is the one featuring Jane Lynch. Let's listen to that clip. And the Reuters here says a founding member of the Oath Keepers last week became the first person to plead guilty to taking part in the riot. And prosecutors have said other defendants are in plea discussions. And I'd like to add something here that Reuters missed. Uh, Reuters says he became the first person to plead guilty. Um, I want to add that that's the first person we know that we know of right. to plead guilty. A cooperator, his name is Schaefer. He's the guitarist for Iced Earth. <laughs> and uh, I have a feeling that there are other cooperators. And we only know about this one because the prosecutors accidentally filed it publicly on the public docket instead of under seal as they meant to. So they're copying to this cooperator. Uh, but I suspect there's at least four more. And the reason I say four is because that's based on the number of other filings under seal or that are designated as information charges as opposed to indictments. And, and you know, we talked about information charges being somebody waiving their right to indictment. Uh, it doesn't always necessarily mean that they're cooperating, uh, but it, it's a good indicator. So yeah. I think that there are quite a few people cooperating. Okay, so how many did I say, Dana? Hold on, let me check my notes. Um, one, carry the two, carry the one. Uh, four, you said four, AG. Your, your beans right on there. I said four. Well, beans come true. From CNN Today, the Justice Department is preparing to offer guilty plea deals to four capital rioters who are accused of trapping police in a tunnel and attacking them with chemical sprays and firecrackers. Federal prosecutors said at a court hearing Tuesday that their supervisor recently approved plea offers in the case, which revolves around one of the most violent clashes in the, during the insurrection. Remember that viral video showing oh, the police awful. officer shouting in pain, awful. crushed in the doorway? Yeah. Uh, and many of the Capitol riot cases are expected to end with uh, plea deals rather than trials. And attorneys have recently said in court that talks are beginning. But even with the more than 400 defendants charged in federal court, few cases are currently in their end games. This is just starting. Only one defendant, an apparently significant cooperator against the extremist Oath Keepers, has already pleaded guilty, pled guilty, sorry, team pled, preet. Uh, several other defendants in talks with prosecutors aren't yet ready to make deals, so there are several more. Uh, in the tunnel violence case, though, that was in court on Tuesday, plea deals will be offered in the very near future. That's according to the prosecutor. Her name's Jocelyn Bond. Four men were charged in this case named Patrick uh, McCoffey of Connecticut, David Judd of Texas, Chris Quaglin from New Jersey, and Tristan Stevens from Florida. Uh, they pleaded not guilty. Federal Judge Trevor McFadden uh, ordered McCoffey's case uh, to, he, they, they said he should be released from jail during Tuesday's hearing, saying there isn't enough proof that he attacked police, even though he clearly committed various crimes at the Capitol. Prosecutors specifically accused the other defendants of using chemical sprays, firecrackers, and riot shields to assault officers, and two of them are still in jail. In several other cases, plea deals may not materialize for months, so buckle up. This is according to defense attorneys and disclosures in recent court proceedings. Um, a few defendants have actually told 
uh, people that they've been or that they've seen like delays in these negotiations. Uh, because in some cases, Department of Justice says it's not willing to make a deal, right? Like we don't, ca- we aren't making a deal with you. You can't help us, right? Uh, and in other cases, defense attorneys say they're they're in standoffs with prosecutors because of the demands that the prosecutors are making, you know. Uh, and defense attorney Christopher Macchiaroli, who represents a capital riot defendant facing a misdemeanor complaint, said prosecutors last week weren't ready to allow guilty pleas until defendants agreed to give them access to their social media accounts and mm. other materials. Unreasonable demands like evidence. <laughs> um, and because they, they want those so they can show they have nothing to contribute to the bigger matter. Right. Such as the extremist group uh, probes or the brutal assaults of police, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, quote, it's clear to me what this is about. They want to have this information at their disposal. <laughs> the defense attorney said <laughs> they, they want the evidence. <laughs> Sons of bitches. And that's going to bring this entire process to a grinding, slow approach. <laughs> ah, oh, so uh, lack of cooperation from criminals is going to make this take longer. Where have I seen this before? <clears throat> Mueller. Um, now, it's unclear how many defendants may be placed in that same situation. And we have uh, a lot more to get to in, in this show. We're going to we're going to take a quick break, but we have more headlines after this. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, if you've ever been to summer camp and slept on one of those two-inch plastic mattresses or over at a relative or friend's house and had to toss and turn on a futon that felt like a torture device, you know my pain. I have had much trouble sleeping over the last four years. I thought it was because of politics and anxiety, but it turns out I had a garbage mattress and it wasn't designed for me in mind. And that's when Helix Sleep came to the rescue. They know that you deserve better than that. So give yourself an upgrade with Helix Sleep. Helix solved my sleep issues. They've given me restful nights again. They recognize that each of us sleeps differently and they customize the mattress to fit you and your sleep patterns the best. Helix created a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. It is like a, if so, you know, if you like a soft mattress, really plush or firm, you like to sink down into it all soft-like, or if you sleep hot or you sleep on your side, they have the perfect mattress for you. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like my bed medium firm and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. But don't take my word for it. Uh, Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019, then again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress. It will give you the best sleep of your life. It is the best mattress I've ever had. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free and they'll pick it up for you if you don't love it. So no hassle and there's no risk, but you will love it. It's so amazing. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. The next story, the Biden administration is preparing to directly confront, I'm so happy about this, directly confront the rash of anti-LGBT and specifically anti-trans bills proliferating state legislatures. And that's according to the Human Rights Campaign, who I do a lot of work for and have for years, uh, the country's leading LGBTQ advocacy organization. Now, separately, the Department of Justice has told the Daily Beast it will, quote, fully enforce our civil rights statutes to protect transgender individuals. Now that's giving hope to campaigners that the DOJ is preparing to challenge in courts the legality of these bills that have been introduced. Some have been passed in a number of states outlawing transgender youth's access to health care and sports. Not just some states. I believe it's 36, AG. Mm-hmm. 
uh, 33, 36, something like that. The House's uh, move to and the DOJ declaration follow Biden's address to the joint session of Congress last week, in which he said that he hoped, quote, Congress can get to my desk, the Equality Act to protect LGBTQ Americans, to all transgender, and this was so powerful, to all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people who are so brave, I want you to know your president has your back. Now, at the time of writing this, right, I mean, about the time we're doing this, 253 anti-LGBTQ bills have been introduced in the current legislative session. 124 of the bills are anti-trans, and that's including 66 focused on playing sports, 33 focused on access to healthcare, and 14 focused bathroom and locker room access. Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, West Virginia, and South Dakota have introduced bans on trans girls playing school sports. Arkansas has enshrined a ban on gender-affirming health care. There are many other bills. Uh, Many other bills are on governor's desks awaiting signatures or being debated in state legislatures. Now, this is according to a recent GLAAD survey focused on the first 100 days of Biden's presidency. 77% of LGBTQ Americans say the bills make them feel unsafe in their own communities. 77%. Now, despite detailed questions sent by the Daily Beast, the White House would not comment on what it specifically planned to do or say around the the anti-LGBTQ trans bills and the vexed progress of the Equality Act and whether the president planned to speak to state governors and Republican senators directly. So we will see what happens. But this is what I said the other day. I don't want just lip service. I'm glad we have a president that will say it out loud. Now let's do something about it. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm interested to know the details. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sad. I'm uh, disappointed that those details haven't been released yet. But they are saying they're going to directly uh, address it and that the Department of Justice is also going to to be addressing it. So that's something we've never seen before. It's going to be great. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the, the details of those plans. Ch-ch-changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the United States military has blocked South Dakota Attorney General Jason Roundsborg from moving up in rank due to his role in the death of a pedestrian last year. Remember this story? Oh, yeah. The guy that found his glasses mm-hmm. in his front seat. How mm-hmm. convenient. Yeah. Roundsborg last month announced via social media he hadn't been placed on a list of Army reservists to be promoted, going from his current rank of lieutenant colonel to full bird. But the promotion has since been flagged and will not move ahead for the confirmation in the U.S. Senate until criminal charges are resolved. Quote, soldiers pending investigation by civilian law enforcement authorities and or civilian criminal proceedings may still be eligible for selection for promotion. Good Lord. But probably not. No. But the Army Reserve retains discretion regarding actual promotion. That's Lieutenant Colonel Simon Flake, who is a top public information officer with the Army Reserve. Uh, Quote, in this case, relevant Army Reserve leaders will monitor the ongoing civilian proceedings and make further decisions at the appropriate time. Roundsborg has, has been at the center of this criminal case since September 13th, the day he discovered the body of a 55-year-old Joe Bover in a ditch outside of Highmore on Highway 14. Roundsborg had struck Bover the night prior while driving home from a speaking engagement in Redfield and told authorities during a 911 call he thought he hit a deer. According to authorities, though, Roundsborg was driving outside of the roadway at the time of the crash, and forensic data shows that he walked near Bover's body before he left the crash scene. And if you remember... Dana, like you said, this is the case where they found the victim's glasses inside Roundsburg's car. Creepy, which is just fucking creepy on so many levels. And still the most fucked up thing, Roundsburg is only facing three misdemeanor traffic violations with his next court dates for this. That's ridiculous. Scheduled for May 12th. Unbelievable. Only misdemeanors. 
I'll never know how that's even possible, uh, except for those two systems of justice we always talk about. Right. AG, do you have something for me? I do. I have a present for you. Can I have it, please? Yes. It's time for a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude! Beautiful. Ah, right into my veins. And this one, too. The story the Facebook Oversight Board was designed to make some of Facebook's most difficult decisions for the company. But on Wednesday, the board put one of the biggest dilemmas facing the platform back on Facebook and company CEO Mark Zuckerberg. The board said Facebook was right to suspend the former guy in the immediate aftermath of the January 6th insurrection, but said Facebook couldn't just make the suspension indefinite with no actual rule on its books allowing for that. So the board said Facebook must review the decision and figure out if the former guy should be banned from the platform forever. It's nice to know that our the state of our country is in the hands of the Supreme Court of Facebook. <laughs> Fuck me. I know, okay. I know. <laughs> The the board could have made that decision itself. Now, to some, it might appear it's not doing so. It was trying to pass the buck, not wanting to make a controversial call or test its authority. But by choosing to hand the decision back to Facebook, it put Zuckerberg's powerful role in overseeing public discourse in the United States in the spotlight. Now, that's along with the arbitrary nature of how Facebook moderates its platform. Forcing Facebook to make the decision was in itself an exercise of the board's power and independence. Uh, Facebook now has six months from Wednesday to decide the former guy's fate. So I don't know how they, I mean, if they're going to not let the former guy in there, maybe they can clean up the Nazis and white supremacy mm-hmm. and like the 50 billion other Facebook pages. Oh, yeah. There's only like one problem with Facebook, right? <laughs> uh, but you know what? Keep him off there. It's his money. It's his cash cow. It is. It is. And it's a disinformation machine. Um, now, Dana, I have a little social media schadenfreude for you. Ooh. Ooh. Remember how Trump said he was going to create his own social media platform? I'm going to make my own. Yes. Yeah. Well, he launched it yesterday, and it's basically a fucking blog. <laughs> it's just like one of those fireworks you light, and it's like, <laughs> It's like angel fire. It's like the old messaging boards of the 90s. It's a blog where he posts short statements. <laughs> I'm just picturing Lily Tomlin unplugging and plugging cords in, just trying to get tweets across. <laughs> now, uh, on his on his social media platform, no one can reply or post photos or comment or anything. It's fucking sad. And we all know, in addition to Facebook, the former guy's been banned from Twitter. Well, he set up a Twitter account called at DJT desk, which was tweeting every single post he made on his blog. (laughs) Now that Twitter account was suspended within hours and a couple more have popped up and been suspended too. So the only thing I can conclude here is that Trump is so used to laundering money through shell companies that he thought he could launder blog posts through a shell Twitter account. And uh, as with all of his endeavors, he he failed spectacularly. Um, (laughs) So just hilarious yeah created a blog and then had someone tweet out what he was putting on his blog amazing and failure speaking of the former guy he has fully endorsed elise stefanik to replace liz cheney as the number three republican in the house there will be a secret ballot vote of the 212 republican members of the house on may 12th uh that could change the date there uh and apparently support for her has cratered in the party liz isn't trying at all to gain support or get votes. She's telling colleagues she's not going to lie or fight. She's fighting a larger battle, she says, for the foundation of democracy. But let's be clear. The Cheneys aren't exactly the best people to fuck with. No. Don't go hunting with her dad either. It doesn't turn out well. (laughs) I mean, Gates fucked with Liz Cheney once. Once. 
You shouldn't grab me, Johnny. My mother grabbed me once. Once. So I guess the question is, are you feeling lucky, Kevin McCarthy? And I just read uh, Liz Cheney's donors are standing fast with her. Her big donors are standing fast. And and they're also said that they're going to withhold donations to anyone who opposes her. So Good for them. step one, Ugh. step one, it's already begun. I'm so mad at these fuckers for making me cheer for her. <laughs> I know. I know. She's awful. Um uh, yeah, and so now the money is going to come out, and we'll see what else happens. But it's not going to be good, and I think Kevin McCarthy is going to be in over his stupid head. And we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, all right, we'll be right back with a discussion about domestic violent extremists policy with Frank Fagluzzi, former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, and he also wrote the book The FBI Way. And he's going to be releasing his podcast, The Bureau, on Tuesday, May 25th. This is his debut, so you have to check that out as well. We'll be right back after this break, so stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. So, you know, I talk a lot of politics. I'm into the news a lot, but sometimes my brain needs a break. But I want to keep it sharp. I don't just want to zone out. And that is why I love Best Fiends. It is amazing. It's a puzzle game. It's there's strategery. It's it's so great. The visuals are beautiful. It's relaxing. So I really have to recommend that you download this free game. And I've been playing for over a year now. I still get that rush of adrenaline when I beat a level. I love the increasingly challenging puzzles and the beautiful visual design. It's so relaxing. They have a ton of fun puzzles to solve. It keeps me sharp and it gets harder and harder as you go on and you have to use more strategy. You collect these cute creatures and you battle the evil slugs and you can level up your creatures and you have to decide which little critters and best, you know, which one of your best fiends you're going to use to help you on that level. It's really, really cool. And, you know, like I said, I like how the challenges get harder and it's just, it keeps my brain sharp. So if you're hungry for a near endless supply of fun puzzles, um, the kind you actually enjoy solving. And you can do this if you're a, you know, uber gamer, or if you're a casual gamer. It's just, it's so wonderful. Try out Best Fiends. And you don't have to have the internet, so you don't, you know, Wi-Fi, so you can play it anywhere that you want to. It's just so convenient. And, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to put down, though, so don't blame me if you can't turn it off. So download the five-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Everybody, welcome back. The Biden administration is set to release a highly anticipated national strategy for fighting domestic terrorists in the coming weeks. And joining us today to talk about it is former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, author of the book, The FBI Way, and host of the upcoming podcast, The Bureau. Please welcome Frank Figaluzzi. Frank, it's good to talk to you. AG, here we are again talking about bad things and how to stop them. <laughs> yes, it could, because the last time you were here, we were discussing, you know, there was some, I guess, concern from some listeners who were like, yeah, but if we if we label uh, groups domestic terror groups, then that could have backlash by, you know, naming wrong groups uh, as terror groups like Black Lives Matter or Antifa, which isn't even a real thing. But, you know, we were there was a lot of concern about that. We talked about how a possible way of going forward. And another former guest and friend of ours, Josh Geltzer, was put on this team to develop this strategy and look into the issue. And so I'm I'm very interested to see what they come out with. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on, on this process from the Biden administration. Yeah, th- this is this whole process is fraught with peril for for obvious reasons. The minute you come out, no, no matter what Biden comes out with in terms of a, a counter radicalization or counter domestic extremism package, people are going to immediately bash him as vi- trampling on the First Amendment. Um, you know, being in bed with uh, big tech and the social media platforms, 
Um, you, you name it, we're going to hear it. For that reason, the delivery of this message, how this is delivered is extremely important. And they're only going to get one shot at how they message this package, or they're going to lose a lot of people. Uh, no pressure. But, you know, I, I personally am not at the point where I want to designate groups as domestic terrorism organizations. I am a strong advocate for a domestic terrorism law, making it illegal to commit domestic terrorism as defined already in our law. But I fall short right now of saying we need to be able to designate. Why? We've just lived through a corrupt presidency, a corrupt attorney general. And the minute we give them the power to declare domestic terrorism organizations, you're going to see their enemies, that some president's going to declare an enemy, his uh, his nemesis, a domestic terror organization. And, and by the way, that could be you or me uh, someday. So I'm not there yet. I'm declaring organizations. I just want a law that reflects the gravity of the kind of thing that happened on January 6th. Kind of like a, a hate crimes law or something in the in the civil uh, civil rights um unit at the Department of Justice, something along those lines, perhaps? Absolutely. Yep. And and people, you know, people who say, uh, why do we need a hate crime law? Why? You know, we've got an assault law. If you hit somebody over the head who's white and then you hit somebody over the head who's black, why should you go to prison for a longer time? Because that guy was black. And I say these kinds of laws, these kinds of sentence enhancements and, and laws protect things that we have no control over. We don't control um, our skin color, um, you know, for, for gender uh, or orientation. You know, these are things that go to the root of who we are as a democracy, which is that we're all equal, right? And that, and that everybody should have a fair shot and that singling somebody out because of gender, orientation, religion, skin color is particularly worse than a crime that doesn't involve that. How much more so is a crime that goes to our democracy because it literally threatens our democracy, like taking over the electoral college vote? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, without having to get into what we are seeing with a lot of these insurrectionists, which was seditious conspiracy or conspiracy, but not having to get into treason level areas, making a much more, I guess, user friendly sort of law to be able to apply more broadly uh, in, in instances where this t- this type of thing happens. Yeah. And, and for people who go, well, we'll never be able to agree on a definition of, well, I say that we, we have a definition. It's on the books right now. We define domestic terrorism. We just don't make it illegal. And, and so, you know, for things like bank robbery, where God forbid you're stealing money that's federally insured, so we whack you for 10 years minimum for a bank robbery, right? We don't arrest you for trespassing in the bank or simple theft. We have something called bank robbery. It's a crime against the government. The same thing should apply for crimes against our government, our democracy, the nation we live in. That's a great example, too, because a lot of people were asking when the insurrectionists were first arrested that were just being charged with violent entry into the Capitol and trespassing, uh, you know. Uh, but like you said, that the whole should be greater than the sum of its parts when you're attacking the seat of democracy. And I think that that's sort of where uh, the kind of the idea that you're you're coming from. And we can just use and or modify the current language and and write it into federal criminal law. Yeah, I think if you if if you again are struggling with this le- legally uh, having a law, for example, 
you, you need to just play it out and say, okay, if January 6th succeeded, if January 6th turned into, they stopped the electoral college vote, they changed the electoral college vote, Pence, you know, at gunpoint was said to, uh, <clears throat> to decline the, the vote or, you know, uh, and kick it back to certain states. We literally would have lost our our form of a valid lawful elections. We, we our democracy would have been forever changed. If that's okay with you, then then I then you don't need a law called domestic terrorism. Right. Let's let's start with the uh, the ends justifying the means, in so to speak. Now, this national strategy is is likely just going to be. It's likely just going to make recommendations. Uh, it's not going to form policy or anything like that. It's just probably going to be, here's what we found. Here's what we recommend. Here's some ideas about what we can do. Yeah, I, I look, I'm I'm likely to, uh, my blood pressure is probably going to go up the day this package comes out. Um, because I, I if I hear, a, you know, another problem, I, I can't, I've lost count of the, during my FBI career of the number of societal problems that Congress decided or the White House decided to throw money at um, or tell the FBI to do a research paper, um, you know, and, and the answer so much is law enforcement, law enforcement, law enforcement, deadbeat. We got a problem with deadbeat dads uh, several years ago when I was in the Bureau, uh, make it a federal offense, give it to the FBI. There was a problem. There was a, a big thing with carjacking in certain cities, uh, federal offense. Well, wait a minute, federal offense. They didn't cross a state line. They just carjacked a car for five blocks. Federal offense, give it to the FBI. Uh, uh, okay, so you know, write a paper, um, get make a section at the FBI. Well, look, the FBI has a domestic terrorism section. They have a whole section. It's not just a unit; it's a section. Um, you can turn it into a division. Do whatever the hell you want. Give them some more money. Give them four million dollars. They've already told you it's the number one problem. The subset is white supremacy. They're working the heck out of it. Let, let's have a holistic package. What do I want to see come out when this ever comes out? I want it to be a whole of society solution. I want it to involve big tech and the social media platforms like never before. Um, I want If they're going to make suggestions, and I realize there's limited power of executive ability here, I get that. But the, the social media platforms are telling us what they want. Let's listen. They want some regulation. They want some standardization of language across the board so that you can't venue shop if you're a knucklehead. So that the same phrase that gets you kicked off of Twitter will get you kicked off everywhere else. And you can't shop for where to do your inciting of violence. They want a rating system. I love this idea. We, we, I, may have, I may have discussed this with you before. The federal government rates airline safety. Before you get on an airplane, you can actually look up its safety record, right? Well, if you've got kids and you're wondering, what do I tell them about Parler or Telegram or whatever? You can say to, to Johnny or Sally, you know, that's got a C minus rating for accuracy um, and safety. Maybe you shouldn't be hanging out there. Right. They're telling us they want this. Let's see if that's in the package as well. Yeah. And and I'm with you. I'm, I'm afraid it's going to go the recommendation route and then throw money out at route. We know uh, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland just announced he's going to be diverting uh, tons of billions of dollars over to the FBI, for example. Uh, so I, I feel like that's sort of uh, step one for what we're about to hear from this report. <laughs> You're already I shaking am, your I, head. I am. I'm shaking my head because that's great. That's great. But. It's not a police problem. 
it's too late when the FBI has the crime scene tape up, you know, around the Capitol, too late. And and it is it's like the guns, you know, we're gonna give more money to ATF so that they can show up after everyone's dead at the supermarket. But it's too late. Yeah, it's it's reactive politics. I talked about it a little bit um on MSNBC this weekend with why in 10 years they haven't done anything about, you know, reforming uh, military sexual assault. And it's because they were like, well, let's try these new prevention programs, throw some money at the problem and see if it helps. And guess what, Frank? 10 years later, it didn't help. It didn't do shit. And it was embarrassing. Uh, And so now they're like, okay, now we have to react. Well, how many more things after an insurrection have to happen? You know, it's um, it's frustrating. Yeah, but look, I, we, we also have to be realists. And I know we are. We can't even get an independent commission formed to look at the insurrection. And now we want to talk about legislation to deal with the insurrection. Yeah. Good luck. No way. Yeah, no way. As long as one of the two major political parties harbor and abet these domestic violent extremists, it's going to be very difficult to get anything done. But we're going to keep pushing and we're going to keep doing what we can. Uh, I appreciate your time today. Everybody check out the book, The FBI Way. And May 25th, it drops the Bureau, the podcast of the century. I'm I'm really excited about about this uh, podcast. So we look forward to it. And thanks so much for your time today. Frank Figluzzi. Take care, AG. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And this portion of the pod is brought to you by All Form. You heard me talk about Helix a little bit earlier. Well, Allform has taken Helix and the awesomeness of that company into the rest of your home, and they let you customize pieces to fit your personal style. They craft the most beautiful, high-quality sofas and chairs and love seats and sectionals, all made to your specifications, and they deliver it directly to you with fast, free shipping. You get to customize your own sofa using very, very high-quality premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. And with Allform, you can pick your fabric, which is spill, stain, and scratch-resistant, which is so great for the pod pets. You pick the color, you pick the finish of the legs, the sofa size, the shape, the configuration to make sure it's perfect for you and your home and your family. I picked out a three-seater sofa and customized it with whiskey-colored leather. I could never have a leather couch before because of the podcats. I got a walnut leg finish to match my mid-century modern vibe and a chaise lounge on the side so I can faint when I'm swooning. Uh, It came in a couple days. I put it together myself. No tools needed. It was super simple. And they deliver it so fast. It comes in just three to seven days and it arrives in the mail. And uh, Allform has beautiful armchairs, love seats, all the way up to 8C sectionals. There's something for everyone. And you can actually start small and add on later if you move to a bigger house or your family grows. So there's something for everyone. And uh, by the way, uh, you get to keep it for 100 days and decide if you want to keep it after that. It's 100 days. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they again, they'll pick it up for free. No hassle and give you a full refund. And they have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. All right, so we have now we have listeners submitted good news on top of the Schadenfreude we had earlier in the show. So it's just all good feelings all around. And yeah, and these are some great submissions. If you have anything you want to submit, whether it's corrections or confessions or uh, play games with us, find the cat, what the mutt, favorite swears, uh, send it in to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And that's how you send it to us. So I'm going to kick us off here with Mitch. Mitchell, pronouns he and him. 
Bit of a fun correction on this one. You detailed the rated Rudy news on Tuesday's cleanup on aisle 45 and included the bit about sweaty Rudy complaining on Tucker Carlson's show that the FBI didn't take Hunter's laptop. But it wasn't the laptop. He specifically described them not confiscating three hard drives, which is even funnier. Started as a laptop. Now it's multiple hard drives. (laughs) First... He still had the laptop that was turned over last year. Now he admits he either also has hard drives or he copied the contents. Farty Rudy on television is acting out his fake indignance during the interaction with FBI agents. It's positively sad for him and hilarious for everyone else. Love what you do. Keep going. Uh, Here's a producer's note. Someday, Rudy will be crying for the FBI to look at Hunter Biden's Etch-A-Sketch featuring (laughs) Olivia Troy. That was a good episode from November 2020, y'all. So check that out. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Thank you so much for the correction and the humor. Very humorous correction. Those Those are my favorite kind already. All right. This next one's from Mills, pronoun she and her. I've only recently started listening to the show and I'm totally hooked. Thank you for all you do. Insightful news, delightful delivery, great interviews, real talk, good news segments, encouraging people to take care of their own mental health and normalizing taking care of mental health. This is really is part of how we take care of each other. Now, inspired by the mention of Toto's Africa on the show today, which was Wednesday for her, I wanted to share my current favorite misheard lyrics because it brings me joy every time my six-year-old passionately belts out i play charades down in africa i mean who doesn't no aj who doesn't play charades down in africa oh don't we all and now i'm trying to think of the actual lyric oh i i watch the rain i watch the rain thank you i watch the rain down in africa okay (sighs) now moving on also about the fruits and vegetables the six-year-old uses the term science fruits and science vegetables when he wants to be specific Hmm. i 100 percent agree with the person who noted earlier that these are all just different parts of the plant and we're confusing science and culinary supermarket categories categorization (laughs) (laughs) so sorry no pet available to pay my tax in this jurisdiction that is okay. That's fine. This this jurisdictional magistrate judge uh, will show you leniency. She's kind of a pushover, let's be honest. That's true. Uh, all right. Thanks for that. And that's awesome. I play charades down in Africa. I love it. Uh, next up, Daphne. Pronoun she and her. I've been a listener since the first bean went in the pod. I appreciate all your hard work and thank you for helping me to understand the current times. Pod Pet Tax Mushu, my granddaughter's bearded dragon. Oh, fancy. He came to live with me this year. That makes me feel like he like got up and stood on his hind legs and grabbed a suitcase and locked the door behind him and just, you know. (laughs) Just heading over. (laughs) All right, time to go. Uh, Came to live with me this year. Vader is my large tuxedo. Very dog-like behavior in a cat's body. I love tuxedos. Oh, Vader. Oh. I love that Mushu has a wiffle ball. He does. Hit him with a wiffle ball bat. So I'm on the run. My cop's got my gun. Oh, he's Right so about adorable. now, start to have some fun. Don't get me with this one. I can the hang King with Ed you. Rock. On, yep, that is my name. Okay, <laughs> and so I, I know I, the fly spot where they got, got the, the champagne. champagne. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Paul Revere. Oh, it's one of my faves. Rest in peace, MCA. Big oh, ups. indeed. Indeed, indeed. All right, this next one's from Jen, pronoun she and her. Our family has a family-friendly swear that was inspired by a contractor sign on a front yard years ago. The name on it, Dave Zamet, <laughs> quickly morphed to Dave Zamet <laughs> as a replacement for damn it. Now, when our son was born 12 years ago, we started using it a lot more frequently in an effort to clean up our language in front of the baby. My husband especially uses it when driving. So one day when my son was about four and we were all in the car together, my husband yelled, Dave Zamet! 
all someone um, at someone who was cutting him off. And a few seconds later, we hear a tiny voice pipe up. Daddo, who is that? Apparently, the little dude thought his dad had been eternally angry at someone he'd never met. So now, of course, when one of us yells, Dave, zam it, everyone else will inevitably ask, who is that? And then we all laugh like idiots. Dave Zammett, who is that? <laughs> For Pet Tax, I submit Hagrid, oh. who wants to know why I think the bed isn't an appropriate place for him to pounce <gasps> on a pilfered zip tie. And Hagrid is a beautiful Maine Coon. He's got the strong cheeks there with the whiskers. He looks like a lion, like a, a king of the cat jungle. And he's got the floof coming out of the ears, and he's probably Fleef. got puffy peats, too. And uh, so this sweet. is a beautiful strongman face Maine Coon alright next up from Anonymous pronoun she and her hello from Texas thank you for all you do not sure where to put this but every time I hear this I laugh there is a Terminix ad where the guy is giving his wife a plate of Tex-Mex food she turns and sees termites and throws her plate at them thus making the deck collapse I've seen this <laughs> this guy uh, with an Aussie dialect says take care of your deck with Terminex but every time I hear it I swear he's saying take care of your dick with Terminix <laughs> 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 First time I heard it, I had to rewind it several times. Now I just giggle when the ad shows up. Pet tax. I have six dogs, some being therapy dogs with kids, which has drove them nuts during COVID. One is Willow and Bugsy. The other is Maggie Moo, Louise, and Zena. Thanks again for all you do. Look oh. at those shepherds. <gasps> These are handsome shepherds. They're beautiful babies. Oh, and then oh, we have a mm-hmm. lot of very... A mix of just very sleepy dogs. Very sleepy poopers. Look at these babies. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, take care of your dick with Terminix. <laughs> there was a an old... I used to do this as part of my comedy bit. There's a, a medicine called Latuda for... I think it's for bipolar depression. But like one of the um, side effects is trouble swallowing. Oh. But, but I thought it was triple swallowing. And um, and I rewound it and rewound it. And I swear it was triple swallowing. And I'm like, that sounds like a benefit to me. But anyway, long story and short. And as a lesbian, um, triple swallowing sounds more like a benefit to me. <laughs> <laughs> triple swallowing. Because I have that without Terminix or whatever we're selling. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I don't know, lady, straight ladies, I don't know how you, and gay men, don't know how you do it. My gag reflex, my tongue scraper makes my gag reflex kick in. And you want me to what? No, thank you. Yeah, no. I'm feeling that. Uh, all right. Well, that's the show for today. We got a little irreverent today. So uh, <laughs> a, a blanket apologies. No need to send in emails. Uh, we we love you and uh, we appreciate all of you. And thank you for sending these in. If you have anything you want to share with us, please, please do not hesitate. Head over to dailybeanspod.com. You can click on contact and that's where you send it in. And we still, you know how we're moving everything off stereo to Patreon. We still have a few, I think, free available um subscriptions available nice. that have been donated so if you want to do that head over same place dailybeanspod.com snag those up snag them uh any anything before we get out of here today dana no nothing at all actually all right well you have a great weekend amy carrera will be here tomorrow and uh until then everybody please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been ag and i've been dg and them's the beans 
The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazzell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kunai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh my God, AG, I, so I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the, has anybody seen a dog died dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with <laughs> appliques on it. You're like, what? Keeps the rain like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first, because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from They Might Be Giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although, were they talk? What, was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my uh, god! The best I, can I, lo- get I love them. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, "Birdhouse in Your Soul," which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. Yeah, it's sung from the point of view. Uh, sung from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.